All right, everybody, here is your weekly episode of Malice Smack Talk, presented from Malice Corp, who, before anything gets started, we want to thank them for all that they do to get us live um, every week. Um, if you haven't checked out our website, it's malice-corp.com. You can go to and you can check out all the different uh, nerd casts that we got going on throughout the week. Every Friday night, our main cast, which at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all things nerd. Uh, join in, join the fun chat rooms, always talking different topics around well, anything that, that has to encompass nerd talk or geek talk or whatever it might be that hits your your boat around that that genre. Uh, other than that, let's talk wrestling. Getting ready to seize your first opportunity to come into the ring and start grandstanding and hot-dogging, yeah! I can't help it that I look good, smell good, woo, can't dance all night long. When we speak, our voices are heard, we all say, I bring it. I am a bearded master, and joining me tonight, as always, is Mind Freak. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good, buddy. Tonight, as you notice, Masonic Vader is not with us. Masonic Vader decided to take a night out with Coach and go paint the town. Uh, we'll find out all about his little shenanigans come next week. But until then, let's talk wrestling. Um, any big thing before we get to our topics? Any big things standing out from you this week on wrestling that you wanna wanna shout out first before we get into topics? Um, so uh, I mean, the biggest thing is, and I know most likely it's probably gonna be our first topic. Um, but I mean, again, you know, we're in between two major pay per views. There was some stuff that happened. Um, outside of the main talk points, didn't really catch anything, you know, that big or anything like that. Um, but like you said, the topics, let's jump into it, man. All right. So, um, yeah, not, to be honest with, as far as WWE comes, this, there's not very much going on. Um, sounds like, it feels like they're still coming off their hangover, uh, from WWE, from WrestleMania, leaning into money in the bank. But other than that, I mean, there's, there's just so many things as far as championships and what they're doing and what they're not doing. We'll just start off with rest, uh, raw this week. Um, Starts off with Vince McMahon, and then we get hit with Roman Reigns, and we get thrown out there. Well, if you don't, if you don't know what happened this last weekend, Roman Reigns came out and said, "I will be at Monday Night Raw. Be prepared." WWE's main Twitter came back and said, "No, you're not. You're a member, a representative of SmackDown. Do not show up to Monday Night Raw. You do not belong here." Which Roman then replied, "I will be. Doesn't matter what you say. Have my music ready." So. First of all, before we get into why he was there, uh, what are your thoughts as far as Roman Reigns saying what he's going to do and being there on Monday night? He's, you know, it's Roman. He's the big dog. It's his yard. Raw has been his yard for the last three, four years now. Um, you know, he comes out there, you know, he fights for his yard. You know, he is one of the workhorses of WWE. So, you know, the fact that it's like, hey, you know, I may be on one brand, but it's my yard regardless of what of what show I'm on. So if I want to come to my yard on Raw, then I'm going to come to my yard on Raw. I'm going to stay on SmackDown, I'll stay on SmackDown, I'll kind of do my own thing. Um, but then, you know, then, you know, take a step further, and I know kind of it, or say, you know, the, the writing behind this, like, yeah, he sent out this tweet, so is that one of those things to where, like, WWE made this plan after he did that? Or was it, hey, send this out so we can kind of set this up to bring up uh, what Mr. Man ultimately well, introduced. Obviously, we know why. I mean, Vince yeah. Man is a genius. He's a genius. He, he had he had it all planned out. 
Uh, well, first of all, I'm as far as Twitter goes, you know that the machine is all behind everything they post. Whether they post it or not, or the the superstars themselves are posting it, I believe that with some of them stars, they let them have kind of a free reign, let them do what they do. However, a lot of the big buzz and storyline and everything that's going on with the WWE, a lot of the storylines are continuing on, offline. So, and, and when I mean offline, I mean off show, uh, out in front of the camera. It's it's happening on the on Twitter or Instagram or on social media, and that's how everything goes all the way around. That's how we got the feud with Ronda and Becky and. That's how we started getting the feud with uh, Becky and Lacey Evans. And every week there's a different superstar who's throwing somebody out there or shade at someone and challenging somebody. And uh, that's just – it seems like the wrestling universe is being they're, – they're, they're going to social media a lot more to really get stuff over. And we'll get to that a little bit later regarding when we talk to you about the, the final topic of the day. Uh, but then we get Roman Reigns, and then we follows up with – uh, AJ Styles and then Kofi Kingston and then it comes out to uh, well Daniel Bryan too Daniel Bryan was there also was he not yes yeah so we get all these superstars there and then Vince McMahon comes out with his wild card rule basically at any given time any three or four superstars can show up at any given time on any given night uh, with approval on Smackdown or Raw and basically have at it. So that works both ways. Again, that goes to SmackDown where we end up seeing superstars cross over and go to SmackDown. Oh, no, I'm sorry. AJ Styles didn't cross over because AJ Styles is on Raw now. That's why I got, was confused there because AJ shows up on, on Tuesday night SmackDown. Um, what are your thoughts on the wild card rule? It, it's an interesting rule to say the least. Um, me, I'm kind of for it because if you think of like certain like matchups and certain things that we haven't seen – that we may not have seen until like the next superstar shakeup. So with this, it kind of keeps the shakeup going and keeps things fresh and interesting. Plus it allows us to possibly see matchups. We never thought we'd see before, but I also think one of the biggest things that this can be a benefit, um, especially for is the, um, is the, uh, the women's tag team titles, you know, because yeah, you know, you only have one set of titles for both shows and yeah, you know, when uh, Sasha and Bailey won it, yeah, they wouldn't. They showed up to NXT. They showed up to SmackDown, but that was about it. So by having this wild card rule, you actually do allow the tag team more of a reason for the women's tag team to cross over back and forth more and build up storylines with other tag teams on both brands. So that's one of the things that I can see a benefit of it. Uh, but also too, it kind of set it up too a little bit. Um, uh, as far as like uh, some of the matches on SmackDown, uh, we didn't see one, but we saw two uh, WrestleMania rematches. And one of the biggest things that I think that this kind of helped too is, uh, you know, we know that, you know, the Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre match was cut short because of time, because of how late WrestleMania was going. So this, you know, to kind of be like a conclusion, you know, more of a, like a big finale kind of say of that match, you know, that we, that, I mean, we still got a decent finale, but to have more of that pop to have them go a little bit longer and kind of continue that storyline that they both have together too. Yeah, and to go with that, you know, personally, I mean, and being there at WrestleMania, and, and I didn't really see an effect by time. However, when that match came out, and everyone expected, you know, that to have a, a quality outing from them, and I'm a Roman Reigns guy, always have been, always will be. And to come out of WrestleMania and, and say that that was probably the weakest match of the entire card, that was hard to say. 
because it really was. And it wasn't had nothing to do with Roman or Drew McIntyre because they have great chemistry together. It had to do with the fact you can tell the time was cut short and they had to improvise and change the game plan of that match. And personally, I felt the match that we got Monday night was a better match than what we got at WrestleMania. Despite, oh, absolutely. despite the finish and outcome that we got Ooh. with Shane McMahon and Elias, which yeah. I think is fantastic because uh, I, I just I, I'm a fan of Elias and I think him and Roman are going to have a good match. And um, the one thing I the one thing that I'm not liking about that fact is that we have essentially Shane McMahon being the biggest heel on the roster because now he's not only just having a, his feud which we'll get into a little bit later with The Miz. But now he's also got somewhat of a feud with Roman Reigns. Um, and it's like, why is he interjected into two different feuds? This is ridiculous. Um, I, as well, far as oh, – go ahead. I was going to say, well, with that point, that kind of leads into, you know, when Roman came out on Raw and pretty much just called out the entire McMahon family and said, hey, you guys aren't the authority figure, but you guys are the authority figure. I don't take, you know, what you say. I take what the universe says kind of thing, too. So is that could that also be part of the interjecting of it? Because, yeah, like you're the biggest heel right now is Shane McMahon. And with him being somewhat in two feuds now, like what is that? Where is that going to stack up later on down the road? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, to and that was one thing, too. He he when Roman first came out, he was talking about the fact that, he doesn't answer to Vince. He doesn't. He answers to the universe. He doesn't. You know the fact that when he left, with his with his announcement of uh, leukemia returning, that after he left, he had to sit there at home and watch Vince come out and tell him how they're not going to make the authority. They're not going to be the authority no more. There's not going to be any more rules. It's going to be the what the universe wants. And I mean, ideally, even though they were injected and everything, we did kind of get what we wanted. I mean, if you look at WrestleMania, we got what we wanted, but. That doesn't mean we still didn't get them interjected in everything. Uh, Hunter, Stephanie. Stephanie, not so much as she used to be, which is kind of a, a nice to see that. But Shane's obviously everywhere. Vince has been there more than, than usually. Um, my my thing about the crossover is I feel that this is what this is going to do. It's going to put those those top superstars in front of our faces more times throughout the week. We're going to get more people chanting and crying and complaining about being having these superstars pushed in front of us when all they're really when really they don't even miss any beginning to push, but they're going to be on screen. So people who are fickle fans are going to think that that's a push because they're getting screen time. Not necessarily. Roman could be in a three minute squash match every night of the week, but because he's on TV, people will say he's being pushed in front of us. Okay, he's being put in front of us, but that's because he's the biggest star on that cha- uh, on that brand. Uh, but I think what that does is not only does it put them in front of it, but it takes away from everybody else around them that maybe some mid cars or lower high tier car members, superstars that could get out of opportunities that are going to be taken away by these superstars getting double duty throughout the week. And I think that's going to kind of diminish what they're doing, um, especially when they try to build up. They have such a big roster and that's why they have to have two brands and multiple titles. But then if you have the same people on each show, then that's going to kind of diminish that. Now, the fact that Roman or that Vince said it's going to be on any given night, I hope this isn't every week and every time. I feel like this might be something that they're going to do when maybe ratings are going down or they need to jumpstart a feud or give some life back to something else. Uh, but other than that, 
I don't see. I hope it's not an everyday thing. But to go with that, there was there's been rumors, and I read a couple reports that possibly Fox and USA could be putting pressure on on Vince and the WWE to go away from the brand split and make it a universal roster. Uh, personally, I think that, that that's possible. I think that might be happening. Obviously, USA doesn't want to lose their, their talent they're getting on their views, and Fox wants to build up this brand on their channel. I personally think that this might be a, a compromise, so to speak, of, hey, we're not going to get away of our brand because we want to do what we do, and we want to be able to showcase multiple superstars, but we'll give a compromise to where our top talent can go back and forth and kind of fall, like you said, the tag team titles for the women's division, being able to be defended and showcased at all three brands. You know, now you can have your main talent going back and forth. The one thing I don't want to see, though, is I don't want to see titles going back and forth. You know, like, yeah. if, if you're – if you're, if you're, you know, I don't want to see Samoa Joe going to SmackDown with his title. I don't want to see Finn Balor going back to Raw with his title. Titles need to stay on their brand. So if you're one of the title holders, I don't think you should be one of the ones that are are showcased or crossing over to a different show, unless we get like a title versus title or something for some odd reason. Uh, but what do you think about the in regards to maybe Fox and USA kind of pushing down the pressure to diminish or, dis- or dissolve? the brand split. It's a good point. And, and like you said, yeah, you know, with the wild card, cause I hadn't, I hadn't read that report, you know, of the pressure coming down and losing the superstars. Um, but you know, with you putting that to light, that it's absolutely makes sense to be like, Hey, you know, we can keep the deals, um, on both sides. Um, but also then at the same time, um, you know, you're keeping your major, uh, your main titles on the brand with the exception of the women's tag team, which is able to go back and forth because those aren't universally just set to one specific brand. Unlike, you know, like the universal championship, like the WWE championship, and then each individual tag teams, and then even the mid card belts. Um, but even still, like, you know, if you swat, you know, switch the mid card belts, like you do every year, or even do it like, you know, with the superstar shakeup, you know, you swap the titles, you know, you send the, uh, with Samoa Joe being on SmackDown over to Raw with the U.S. and Finn Balor, vice versa. Um, it kind of makes it the versatile, so that way, you know, you can build up the brands on two different networks and be able to showcase and bring in all those ratings during these different times, so that way you can keep putting out, you know, the content that they're used to and what they want to do with it. So then two questions. Um, before I answer, ask those questions, I want to welcome Apricot, Droop Fruit, and Commander Root, and Lurks into the chat room. Um, if you guys are there and you guys got opinions on the matter, tell us what you guys think in regards to, uh, you know, the, the wild card rule uh, or anything else that's gone on this week uh, as far as WWE goes wrestling on Raw or SmackDown. Um, so I'm going to go back to my two questions. First, do you think that this will this, that the brand split will disappear by the end of the year? I don't think it will. Because with the way that the contracts they have, everything set up and kind of going, you know, you're moving SmackDown. The show is SmackDown to Fox while Raw is staying on USA. So it, it makes sense to have two separate brands on two different networks. Because then if you if you dissolve the brands, then essentially what you're doing is you're having one overall brand being fought for on two separate networks, which then, you know, then, you know, 
then it's probably have to look like, okay, what which network am I doing better on? Whose can whose contract can I you know back out of? Get a new contract with and this and that. It could cause more problems later on down the road that way. Yeah, absolutely. And so and I agree with you. I don't think the brand split's going to happen. Um, I don't think they. Sh- I think that that would be just asinine for them to do that because then you're going to showcase the same people over and over again all day long. Uh, essentially, ends up where the show happens on Monday night, and then Tuesday night is just a trickle down event from whatever didn't happen or residual matters from happened on Monday night. Um, I think that the good thing that we have them split, we get different storylines, and they don't necessarily cross over too much and blur each other. Um, so I think that that you know valid point there. Second question. Do you think this wild card rule will benefit or hinder the main roster? If they if they do it correctly, it could be a benefit. If they do it poorly, then it could be a hinder. And it's like you said, you know, if if they're not doing it every single week, but they're doing it at like certain opportune times, like jumpstart storylines or like showcase different. Um, different talent to create up different matchups just to create a matchups or even like setting up stuff uh, before pay-per-views. Cause I mean, like the last time you look when, you know, when you saw other superstars crossing over the brand, the only time it ever happened was usually around survivor series. Um, and then the, and then before that, the only other time that I can remember outside of survivor series was uh, Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam a couple years ago when they attacked each other on each show. So yeah. by having this wild card rule in place, it's one of those things where like, oh, it's a shock factor, but keep it that way. Keep it as a shock factor and not like, all right, who's going to show up this week? My money's on this person, or this person kind of thing, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I mean, to, to kind of go. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned a little something a little bit earlier, too, as far as contracts and and holding everybody, you know, to where they belong. Have something happen this weekend. So just got a question about contracts. Uh, a story <laughs> a while back was the Revival wanting to complain and get out of their contracts. They weren't happy whether they got contracts offered to them. This week we got a different kind of event come out of the, the, the Revival. Um, doesn't really look like they're, they're unhappy with their with their contracts or being the WWE as they've been showing a little bit more personality the last couple of weeks and maybe that might have to do with who they're being matched up against. Uh, but I just want to throw this question out. I, just, I know it's a little bit off topic, but as far as the revival and their contract situation, do you think they're honestly unhappy with that, or do you think they're happy? I know you're a revival fan, so I'm asking. You. Uh, no, no, no. That's that's Masonic Vader. He's a revival fan. You should ask him, but he's not here. <laughs> hey, that's probably you know what that's probably why him and coach are out doing their thing they're going to go buy some more Usi hot to take care of of, of both uh, scott and uh, dash um no it's it's kind of hard to tell with so you know with like with some you know with these people you know these superstars that ask for their um ask for their release because you know it affects different superstars differently I mean, uh, look what happened with uh, with Gals and Anderson. They asked, you know, they asked for their release or they're not going to sign their contracts, and they haven't really been on TV utilized at all. Um, same thing with Luke Harper. You know, he made it known uh, via social media that he was going to be asking for his release, and WWE said no, and we haven't even seen him. 
But then, you know, you get somebody like the Revival who like, yeah, you know, we're unhappy with our contracts. Um, we don't want to resign or we just we just want to leave. But yet they're coming out here doing like these comedy acts kind of in a sense. You know, like last week with the whole like shave in the back and this week with the uh, the Uzi hot thing. It's kind of hard to tell. Like, are they happy there? Are they just doing it just to do it so they can get out of their contracts? You know, it, it's what's 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 the word I'm looking for? It's hard to tell. You know, just based on what's going on with them. You know, if this is like, all right, you know, hey, we're not going to resign with it, so we'll do what we need to do and then just be done with it, or they're going to sit there and fight it and then not get any TV time. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so to move on from wild card, um, we have some, some fuse or some championships that were changed hands at WrestleMania. Some they've done well with some they haven't done well with, but let's take a focus for a moment at the top, cha- uh, top championships. And we're going to, we're going to take away Becky Lynch the moment. We're not going to talk about her right now. Cause we talk about her an awful lot because while well, she's the man and she's, you know, uh, Becky two belts, so she always warrants some conversation. Uh, but let's talk about the the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship for a moment. And as of right now, we have Kofi Kingston as our WWE Heavyweight Championship. We have Seth Rollins as our Beast Slayer and Universal Champion. We've seen two different paths between the both of them from WrestleMania leading up to Money in the Bank. Uh, what are your opinions as far as the paths that they've been taking them on? One, we got Kofi versus KO and the, the stuff as uh, the replacement in New Day for Big E. We have Seth Rollins, who's had his, you know, started his a feud with, with AJ, had some Vince involvement. Um, one, what do you think of their paths from WrestleMania to now? And well, yeah, let's go with that one first, and then we'll. We'll follow up with that afterwards. So, honestly, honestly, with the past that they have going on right now, Kofi's Kofi's story and his path is a lot more vibrant, um, especially within the WWE, especially with how they built up his story. You know, he's been in the company for 11 years, hasn't had a championship opportunity, gets it. You know, has to him and the New Day have to go through hell just so we could have this championship opportunity and then win it. And then, you know, and then it's still, it's, you know, people still sitting there undermining him. You know, you're, you're a B plus superstar. You don't deserve the, the championship. I'm going to, you know, let me take it on you and let me show you what a champion is. And how with, with KO interjected, and I know we mentioned this a few weeks ago, interjected with them one week and then turns on the next week, with the, which is just brilliant. Um, so with Kofi, they're really pushing that, you know, like, you know, he's the underdog. So he's just going to sit there and keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. Now with Seth Rollins, not to take anything away from Rollins, he is Monday Night Rollins, you know, for the past year, especially when Roman was gone, um, he was essentially carrying the show. Like, I don't know how many times we talked about him having the best match or fantastic matches with other superstars, but, you know, getting the belt off of Lesnar to Rollins. Yes, we have we have our champion showing up. Um, but is if correct me if I'm wrong, but this is his first title defense since he's had the Universal Championship, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I don't recall him having a, a Universal Championship match. And Kofi's already had two or three? Correct. 
So it, it's it's not a matter of you know Seth wanting to be a fighting championship. I think it, it takes a step back from looking at behind the scenes and like with create you know create uh, creative and all that stuff. Like hey, let's build up the feud with AJ Styles. And honestly, this feud with AJ, I'm going to be fantastic. You know, it's going to be a fantastic feud if they prolong it and keep it extending like to SummerSlam. Um, with Kofi, I think they're just trying to, you know, build it up a little bit more, you know, get him his run, um, before they, and like we talked about earlier, before they make that switch over to the new network, you know, it's, it's going to change. We, we, we always said Kofi's run was limited to three to six months. It wasn't going to be a very extended run. Rollins, on the other hand, his is going to be an extended run because essentially, you know, especially after the superstar shakeup. Yeah, you have AJ Styles, somebody who's your champion, but uh, with AJ renegotiating his contract, and he's not, if I'm not mistaken, he wanted less time on the road, and that's one of the reasons why he lost the championship in the first place. So if, if done right with Seth, he's going to have an extended title run. We are going to see him defending his championship a lot more. But I think right now the most pop, the most like fanfare, um, and the most heart that the universe is behind is Kofi right now. Yeah, and that, you make a lot of valid points there. Um, just to go off the bat, I think when it comes down to I don't think that Seth is going to have – I think Kofi's going to end up having the, the longer uh, reign as champion than Seth. And I, the only reason I say that is because with the exception of the month and a half that that's, that Roman had, the Universal Championship in, from SummerSlam through September when he left on his um, – leukemia fight it's mostly been brock lesnar for the last two years uh since wrestlemania but was it wrestlemania 33 is that when he won it WrestleMania goldberg against goldberg that was wrestlemania 33 because yeah. 34 he fought roman reigns so essentially for two years that belt has essentially been on brock lesnar's waist and we had aj who had the title for a year or actually, I don't even, he wasn't even, yeah. yeah, it was a year, just over a year. Like three days over a year. So, yeah, so he had it for a good tenure, but then, then Daniel Bryan had it for about four months. Um, so I think that the the WWE Championship might get a little bit longer reign this time, and the Universal Championship might change hands, given that we've only had the title around since 2016, and we've had, I think, five people have carried that belt. Uh, Balor. Owens, Goldberg, Brock, Roman, and now Seth. So six people have had that title. But essentially two of them relinquished it. Correct. Correct. Um, but either way, six people have had the titles. In that same amount of time, we've had about six different, um, maybe even about ten different reigns. Um, with the WWE, with the WWE Championship? Because we had... So, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, Ambrose. I mean, it's been all over the place. Yeah. Randy, gender, it's been all over the place. Uh, but right, because, yeah. because it's been changed hands so many times, I feel like that one needs to have a little bit of longer reign with it. Not so, not a super long, the AJ Styles style, but a, a little bit of a longer reign than like a Daniel Bryan. Whereas the, the Universal Championship, I don't think you can have two back-to-back long reigns with that. Uh, maybe like a four month, five month reign on that one, and see, and then changing hands before maybe SummerSlam. Um, but to go back to what you're saying, Seth Rollins hasn't. He's been more promos and tag matches and uh, inner in promo interactions with AJ Styles, which, like you said, 
I, we're going to get an amazing match out of the two of them. It just There's no doubt about it. But there hasn't been much going on with Seth Rollins since WrestleMania besides that. It's been, it's been ages since day one. Whereas Kofi, he's kind of been everywhere. He's doing a little bit. He's doing his you know, promos. He's doing segments. He's wrestling. I mean, the guy, he's had multiple title defenses. He's had, he's had almost as many title defenses in the last month than Brock Lesnar had in the last year. That's <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. And the and fact that he, he had two title matches this week alone. He had a, a good match on Monday, and then he had a, a great match on, on Tuesday night. Uh, and one of those matches was a triple threat match. And he I don't know how he won it because with Sammy in that match, uh, and AJ, I just I and didn't the distraction it, by Owens. Yeah, I didn't I, it didn't look like he was gonna retain that title. And they made it and one thing that's fantastic about Kofi is that he can sell a match better than most. And he, he actually makes it look like and feel like he's gonna get that lose that pin and get beat. But then he kicks out, and then he turned it around, got the win. Fantastic. Especially what after what was it? Three blue thunder bombs. Yeah, it was two or three. Yeah, it was three. Of, yeah, I believe it was three of them. Yeah, I. So the second night when he defended his title, I knew he wasn't going to lose because you have the wild card rule, and you have. I mean, it looked like he was going to, but like in the back of your head, you know he's not because why is he going to drop the title? to two people that are supposed to be on Raw. You're not going to change one of the main titles off SmackDown and take it to Raw. Yeah, I mean, and it just it, the fact that he fought both of them, it just it goes back to the reason why Kofi is in the position he's in. You know, he had the the Gauntlet match, he had multiple Gauntlet matches, he had Elimination Chamber. The so dude has shown, he has shown his endurance and his stamina to keep going deep into matches. And perform at the highest level when there's a lot going against him. And I, like you mentioned earlier, you know, he continues having to prove himself. And he absolutely – and he's doing that every night. And the fact that they keep booking him that way, I feel like his his reign is has been a better reign than Seth Rollins. And I think that that's bringing that the, uh, the, the WWE Championship up to a higher level than what it was before. Even though AJ Styles had it and Daniel Bryan, they, I'm not taking anything away from their reigns because they did fantastic jobs with them. But compared to Rollins, Kofi's on a whole new level right now than what then Rollins is doing. Um, and coming to wrestle or money in the bank, it's going to be interesting as to what they do. They both have title matches. We got AJ versus Seth for the Universal Championship, and then we got Kofi versus Kevin Owens which is going to lead us into our next segment as far as we're not going to talk necessarily winners and uh, make our predictions for Money in the Bank yet, but we're going to talk about feuds leading into Money in the Bank. We have about 10 matches right now. We have heard about a bunch of them. We haven't heard about some of them. Money in the Bank is personally is one of my favorite pay-per-views. Uh, take away WrestleMania because WrestleMania is just, it's a showcase of the Immortals. It's a totally different stage. But take away WrestleMania, it's probably it's, – it's fighting Royal Rumble for being my favorite my favorite pay-per-view outside of WrestleMania. Uh, because of the fact that Royal Rumble is just – it's the Royal Rumble, man. It's, it's absolutely amazing. But the Money in the Bank match, it has something – it has meaning to it, just like the Royal Rumble does. 
It has meaning to it for what that's going to come out of that match. There's so many things that can happen in that match and the involvement of amount of superstars. And it's always entertaining to watch it. So to go to this segment, we're going to talk about the best feuds or the best feud in your mind and the worst feud in your mind. Um, we'll start off with the best feud and we'll go from there. What is the best feud going right now for leaning into Money in the Bank? For me, the best feud, uh, and we keep talking about it, um, honestly, for me personally, I think the best feud going on right now leading up to it is Kofi and Kevin Owens. Um, and it's it's because, you know, yeah, Big E got hurt. Kevin Owens like, you know, you, you need a new member. You need that muscle guy. Um, and he came out and did that. Then the next week he turned on him, and he's coming out. You know, every week attacking Xavier, you know, try to bring Kofi down, be like, look, I can get to you. Your brothers aren't going to be here to stop it. It's just going to be me and you. And the way that they keep, you know, setting this feud up, the way they keep building it up, um, that this this is actually one of the matches I am, other than, you know, the actual uh, Money in the Bank ladder match, this is one of the matches I am really excited for. Um and I know we're not getting to predictions or anything. And honestly, I can see it going both ways. Um, personally, I would be happy if it went either way, but more so happy if Kofi retained. But we'll get into more of that next week. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, so KO and Kofi has been the, the few that you feel has been uh, established the most. Correct? The yeah. best. Okay, cool. Personally, I think The Miz and Shane. Has that, been that, that's my close second, <laughs> uh, and that's a sad thing. Is it shouldn't be? There's no title connection to this match. There's nothing on the line for this match. It's not even a rubber match. Shane beat Miz twice already, and we're gonna get this now. Uh, it is still cage. It is still cage. So there is a you know. A stipulation around it, so that's cool. It's going to get something different, which on a pay-per-view that's built around a stipulation, that's fantastic. Uh, but when you have, and I'm not going to take away from some of the other matches because, like, I think Becky and Lacey's had a strong, strong build-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ and Seth's had a mediocre to an average build-up. Uh, Becky and Charlotte, not so much, not as much as it should. I mean, and probably because we've seen it so much for so long that there really is nothing else they can further do to build that feud up. It's just mm-hmm. like, give us Becky Charlotte 500, and we'll go from there. <laughs> um, Roman and, and Elias, it's essentially with, the same With thing. Shane, too. Exactly. So that's the crazy thing. Roman and Elias, the only buildup there is involving Shane McMahon. Um, but when it comes to the Miz and Shane, that, had, that feud has only picked up steam since the, this WrestleMania. And it's, I mean, we're literally getting that interaction on a nightly basis, not just SmackDown to SmackDown or Raw to Raw. We're getting SmackDown and Raw. So we're getting it both times. They're really building that that feud that's going on there. Doesn't matter what Shane's there for, Miz is interacting. Doesn't matter what Miz is doing, Shane's interjecting. You know, and so for me personally, even though it's probably the match that should have the least to build up to, it's the one with the biggest focus. And that goes, and I know if if uh, Masonic Vader is here right now, he would be talking about how the McMahons always got to put themselves in the middle of everything, how Shane has to be there, and he's not incorrect this time. So um, now we'll go into the, the 
the mass with the the smallest few. Uh, and given there's there are there's matches on here that I really don't think really for the amount of time don't really really necessitate having a long a, a feud really built around it. Cruiserweight Championship that's done in two hundred five. Um, person for me, it's the men's Madeline event match. There really hasn't been anything around that. They 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 show them, they bring them out. They have you know six man tag teams. They have their in their uh, promotion a promos against each other. But other than that, there really isn't much going on between the six of them well, really, uh, or eight of them to to really build a ladder match with a contract on the line for a championship opportunity. Which with eighty five percent of the cash ins being successful. And the last two being unsuccessful, that's probably something they should be building up a little more value in. For the men, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I, I can see that. And, like, honestly, like, there, there's more story in the women's Money the Bank ladder match than there is in the men's. I mean, if you look at it, the really only big, big story thing coming out of the men's is, um, you know, the continuation feud of, like, you know, like Baron Corbin or Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, which we've seen for, like, last year. Um, really, if anything, the story that's a little bit more heavier in that match comes from the SmackDown side. And that's Randy Orton, RKO, and everybody just because he can. And he, I mean, he did that. He did two thunderous RKOs on SmackDown this week. Yeah. Which, I mean, and that's just, that's Randy being Randy. Yeah, and I mean, and to go with that, you know, and on the Raw side, the only reason we got any kind of discussion in regards to the um, the the Raw entrance was Ricochet fighting Robert Roode for essentially his spot in the ladder match. Because, Robert, you know, and we talked about this, the fact that Robert Roode beat Ricochet, and then the week after, Ricochet's being announced for the Money in the Bank match. So, you know, Roode had a, I personally mean, Roode had a, a, claim. Yeah, he had a claim to that spot, and I'm glad they 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 closed essentially that that end and and had that match on Monday night and Ricochet won thankfully. Um, although I wouldn't have been against Robert Roode being in there, but then again, they, then you would put four um, heels from 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 Raw on there, and that doesn't work out too well. well think, so. Is Braun a heel though? Braun just in my mind, Braun is like Randy. Braun just does what Braun does, whether it's whether he's a heel or a face. You like Braun, yeah. But at the same time, he's typically going after the faces, not necessarily going to attack yeah. the heels. You know, uh, I mean, this week who was he chasing? He was chasing who? who Sammy around? Sammy, yeah. And know? Sammy's essentially the heel, heel. So yeah, I mean, you make a valid point. Uh, and you know, t- to go with Mess Fifty One Fifty in the chat room right now, the reason why Brigade Shane interjected so much is because well, Shane's McMahon. Shane's hoarding the good riders and essentially family pays for your checks. So uh, give me, give me the good stories. Um, <laughs> probably not too far off. However, I will say that when Shane and, and Vince get involved, it's usually for a reason, you know, they're usually getting somebody over. Not that the Miz needs to be put over uh, as a talent, but he does need to be put over as a face. And that's mm-hmm. essentially what they've been using and utilizing Shane for. And it's, it's working. It's just giving us Shane so much face time, yeah. and I, I don't think we need to. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll we'll go and move on past that. 
Oh, does she have anything else you want to add to that? I was just going to say, it seems like now more so since, you know, they've gone away with the GMs and stuff like that. Remember, like, when we'd see Stephanie, like, every week on Raw and, like, only she, like, she's Shane, like, once every, like, month or so. Now it's kind of flip-flop. We don't even see Stephanie hardly, and we're seeing more of Shane almost every night. Yeah, uh, and I'm sorry, did you did you give your pick for the worst feud leading into it? Uh, yeah, I agree with you on the money in the bank, okay. uh, the men's, uh, yeah. So I am uh, responding back to yep. chat room in regards to Braun Strowman being, being the big the show. Day big show. Big show. <laughs> um, yeah, so to kind of get away from WWE, uh, did you have any other any storylines of WWE that you wanted to hit on at all that, that we didn't talk about yet? Um. Oh, uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan are the new SmackDown tag titles. Oh, yes, how are we not even talking about that? Probably because it didn't really warrant anything to talk about. Yeah. Um, dude, so, okay. Absolutely ridiculous, the fact that, there's one, they're going to say give titles away, and then they just give it to Daniel Bryan and Rowan. One, Rowan hasn't done anything. I don't, I don't think they've even been in a tag team match since they came came to with each other. That was their first tag match. Was, first tag, you know, and... Daniel Bryan, he loses the championship, goes away for a month, comes back, and is given literally given a title. Um, I, last time I checked, his name wasn't Charlotte Flair, but he's along the same route. Uh, there's so many tag teams and legitimate tag teams on that roster. This is just ridiculous. Yeah. It makes, it makes no sense. Um, I mean, it's I like mean, we, it's like we were saying. It's like we were saying last year. You know. When he thought of the the SmackDown tag titles, it was literally the Bar, the New Day, and the Usos. Well, now the Usos are gone. The New Day is kind of doing their own thing with Kofi and Big E out, so they can't really be in the tag team picture. And the then Bar split, doesn't exist no more. And the Bar doesn't exist no more, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, so, but you have like a lot of these up, you know, up and coming tag teams that you brought up, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you even broke up, you know, Gable and Rude. But, I mean, you know, you still have, you know, the likes of, like, The Ascension, who were amazing back in NXT. Um, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, uh, the Good Brothers, but they're not on TV for their reasons. Well, really, when you they, think... No, they were on TV this week. They were on Raw. They are back on Raw. Oh, yeah, They, right. they were in the match with uh, The Revival when they did that whole... That's right, pod. they were. That's right, uh, I mean, just to give you an idea, as far as tag teams on SmackDown, I mean, we got the New Day, who essentially has kind of been shelved as a tag team. Um, Heavy Machinery. I mean, we really don't – the Colognes, who haven't been on in forever. <laughs> uh, Hardys are on the shelf as tag team. Although I would rather see our truth and, and Matt Hardy as champions than – And they and they kind of and they kind of tease something like that a little bit because of Lars Sullivan. I mean, we got Nakamura and Rusev, but that's you, it. Yeah. The, the, the tag team for the SmackDown division, well, we got Bo Dallas and, and we got the B team. We do have that. And they came out on on Tuesday night. And attacked The Miz and Grazy to have it, the, the former Mizraj, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but to go with that, like, that's it. There's all the tag teams are on on Raw now. We're, uh, you know, six months ago, we were talking about how stacked the Smack the Raw tag, or SmackDown tag teams are, and there is no tag team division on SmackDown. 
So it makes it, it's completely understandable as why they would give it to them. But I mean, at least Rusev and Nakamura have been attacking for about three months now. Yeah, you know? and Rowan, it wasn't just you know uh, Brian's muscle. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, making a team call the speakeasy. Mess 51 50, you're hitting it on the spot. Right there. <laughs> if there's no more team about the bar, then absolutely makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> yes, we have new SmackDown tag team. Uh, how long they're going to have it, who knows? The, they're probably going to get new tag team titles because since his hemp WWE championship yeah. got thrown away, maybe he'll come out with the paper bag championships or something. I, burlap sack. I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's going to be interesting yeah. what they do with that. And then they'll lose it because it's like, you know, it's ridiculous. So mm-hmm. uh, moving That's away. From, yeah, yep. moving, yeah. Great talk. Moving away from WWE. We got some other things happening uh, in the universe of uh, w, uh, the wrestling industry. One big thing is AEW. Uh, we've been talking AEW for a few months now since they announced that they were calling what they're doing. And we talked about how they were going to be giving shows and pay-per-views throughout the year and events, but then anything else had really happened. Um, been kind of quiet on some of those on those slow fronts. And then biggest thing is like, you know, what are they going to do to move forward? How are they going to get their name out there? What are they going to do? The best thing to do that would be something having something episodic on television. Well, announcement an unofficial official announcement was made this week um today actually and the announcement is said to be coming and that somewhat sounds like it's official aw possibly inked a deal for a weekly tv show that will be starting in the fall who they sign with well no other than turner television um who did turner have beforehand oh wcw uh, fantastic. But <laughs> looks like come fall, we will be getting AEW on some kind of net, uh, channel or show. Well, it will be on TNT, actually. And, but we'll get some kind of episode to progress their storylines on a weekly basis leading to their pay-per-views. And it will be on TNT. Any information like that, other further than that, whether it's on what night or what time, hasn't necessarily been announced yet. But sounds like we're getting AEW on TV. What are your thoughts? <laughs> it's like Vader and you say, like right now is like one of the best times for wrestling. I mean, yeah, when you when you think of t- you know like televised wrestling, really that all there really is is WWE and you know TNA and stuff like that. But now mm-hmm. you know exactly. <laughs> TNA yeah. don't exist, bro. That's right. I've had impact. <laughs> I'm thinking the old days, back in the days. But no, it's it's essentially you know. With AEW, with them coming to the TV, you know, coming to television, you know, we're not, like you said, we're not sure what night they're going to be on, what time and stuff like that. But we very well could be, like, in the time frame of possibly seeing the return of the Monday Night Wars. But this time with AEW going up against WWE. Now, would yeah. that be the smart, I mean, it, it could be the smart thing to do, but at the same time, you know, with the juggernaut that is WWE, and AEW still being relatively new, but with how much traction and speed that they have gotten this quick, it'll be interesting to see. Me, I'm excited for it. I cannot wait. Yeah, uh, and I, you know, as everyone knows, I am a I'm a big AEW follower. Um, everything that's outside WWE, I follow. New Japan, Ring of Honor, 
Impact from time to time. Obviously, Masonic Vader is the Impact guy here because he watches it more than both of us combined. Yep. Um, wow. Uh, you know, I watch all of those different promotions and AEW. I've been, you know, getting guys on board with all that for the last six months to a year. This is fantastic. Um, do I think they're going to go head to head with WWE? No, I don't. Uh, would that be great for the industry? It can be, but for a new company like AEW, WWE will lose some some rosters and followers. But the fact that we have DVR or recordings or Hulu TV following isn't there isn't there as it used to be. You know, back in the day where it was WCW versus w, you know Monday Night Nitro versus Monday Night Raw or Monday Night Raw and Warzone. It meant something because you could, unless you had the capabilities of recording a show, most people didn't. So you were, ha- I mean, this was before back that far. This is before TiVo was even around, mm-hmm. you know. So at this point, you either were tuning into Raw or you were tuning into to Nitro. You couldn't do both unless you're going back and forth. Now, it doesn't matter. I can watch AEW tonight and watch Raw afterwards and fast forward through three hours. I can watch first two hours of Raw, jump on AEW, and then come back to you and watch the last hour of Raw. It doesn't mean anything anymore because there's so many outlets to watch all these shows that going head-to-head doesn't really do anybody any good because you're not going to lose any followers. You're still going to watch that product just at different times. Now, here's the thing. Now, with, with them announcing you know it's coming in fall, but we're not sure of what nights are going on and stuff like that, with the Fox deal that WWE has, if they move to a different night other than Tuesday – um, do you see AEW trying to go for that day that they used to have to put their show on? One hundred percent. And the the well, the rumors are that Fox or SmackDown will be going back to to Friday nights. That's what the rumor is. That that's what their lineup will be. Will be live on Friday nights, and that'll be fantastic. Because and here's the thing: people talk about how you go from you get overloaded with wrestling at the beginning of the week. You get overloaded with WWE at the beginning of the week because you have Monday Night Raw, you have Tuesday Night SmackDown, you have Wednesday Night NXT, and you have 205 on Tuesdays. It's a lot of WWE content. And especially, Raw, with, and especially with when you have heavy reviews on Sundays. So essentially you're going Sunday through Wednesday, just straight WWE. Which, to, and I'll get to that in a moment, but by spreading SmackDown to Friday and spreading out that gap, then you don't get overloaded with WWE. You know what I mean? And that Tuesday night, yeah, you're still getting wrestling that night, but you're getting AEW at that point. You're getting a different product, which you're going to get a better show than what you might be expecting because you're not you're not going to be hungover from Raw because you're going to be watching a different product, you know. And here's the thing to go with what you're saying: when they go to so pay per views, and right now if you go to pay per views, you got Saturday night. If it's a big weekend, you have Saturday night Takeover, you have Sunday night Pay Per View, Monday night Raw, and Tuesday night SmackDown. Well, that's a I mean, for for me. That's and then Wednesday but, NXT. Yeah, you know. But if you have Raw or SmackDown on a Friday night leading into the pay per view, so you get to go to the go home show for SmackDown, Takeover, pay per view, and then Raw after after pay per view. That's a damn good weekend. Right there. I'm more amped for that four day events than with SmackDown after Raw. Yeah. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that will pay off if it goes that way. Obviously, we're talking all hypothetically here. Uh, but 
I think this is fantastic. The fact they announced that AEW will be getting, well, it's been or leaked that AEW signed that contract with Turner. Um, this next week, we're supposed to be getting an announcement from Madison Square Garden from AEW and Tony Khan, Turner TV, and a lot of the big superstars from AEW, which will be, you know, the executives like the Bucks and Kenny uh and and, uh and cody you know so interesting to see what they're gonna announce hopefully they're gonna announce when it's gonna go live obviously the rumors are to fall what channel or tnt and then what time and and what day and that'd be fantastic to see and i think that's gonna be the one thing they're missing now that'll benefit them later because right now everything aw new japan ring of honor that's really built bringing their following and keeping them and maintaining what they have is online presence that's what they're getting it from you know so having that tv show people can follow a storyline and a product that's on there every day and every week, I think that'd be best for them. And that's going to help AEW maintain and grow into a much bigger powerhouse than, it, than it, it's looking like they might end up being some. Uh, <clears throat> Double or nothing comes up in two weeks. That's the big, that's their first big pay-per-view as AEW. Second big pay-per-view that the Bucks and, and Cody are putting on coming out of all in. Uh, have some car matches going on against there. We're going to get the, Rematch of Kenny Omega and Ken, uh, Chris Jericho, Alpha versus Omega, going to be fantastic. Um, I like Cody. Cool you can see uh, who I'm supporting tonight. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I was going to go Jericho tonight also, um, but I decided to go with the Bucks instead. Um, uh, but here's so this last week at a uh, Southern Honor Wrestling event in Canton. Um, I think it's Ken. Uh, anyway, in a small town in Atlanta, or Georgia, there was a show. It was supposed is an indie show, going to be advertised as like Cody's last indie show before AEW. Obviously, we don't know Cody's from uh, from Georgia, so that's why it's going to be like his last home show. Having the card, and then Jericho shows up. This is a show. Um, had some friends there. Had a friend there that was there. Uh, maybe three thousand people total at this event. Jericho shows up, just beats the hell out of people in the ring. Uh, then all of a sudden, Omega shows up, beats the hell out of, out of Jericho. Um, this uh, promotions locker room empties out, and there's just a full-on brawl. But we talk about you know the how online presence is really building up there, and you get Jericho and Omega. At a had an indie show card in the middle of nowhere in Georgia that nobody expected them to be at, and what does it do? It, it takes the headlines throughout the weekend, and it's building up that momentum for all or double or nothing because now people are going to be tuning into it. And we yet we haven't no we have no idea how we're going to be able to watch double or nothing yet. Hopefully we get this announcement next week, but. People are tuning in now because of what they're hearing and seeing with Omega and Jericho. Their first match at Wrestle Kingdom was absolutely phenomenal. It was a barn burner. It stole the show. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. It was better than the Okada match that night. It absolutely was amazing. Um, I'm looking forward to that match. That's probably the one match on the card I'm looking forward to more than anything else, always because it's Jericho and Omega. Um, but, but, to go, with, what are your thoughts on on Jericho and Omega showing up to an indie show and utilizing this to really get their feud even jumpstart even further to get that last momentum started before pay per view? 
Well, not only with not only with the pay per view, but like you know, with the major announcement that's coming next week. When you think of Chris Jericho, especially you know to you know a lot of the folks that you know just are like just strictly WWE and stuff like that, they know the Jericho name, and they know he left. So you know he's, he's doing his thing, you know, building up momentum at the Indies and with AEW. So if if you're looking at it from the mindset of somebody that's strictly WWE, that's a fan of Chris Jericho, and you're here, Chris Jericho just randomly showed up to a random house show in the middle of Georgia just to create boom. Yeah, somebody WWE, you kind of want to see that and see what Jericho's doing. So in a sense, in from like an advertising and the promoting way to build that heat, to build that online presence, you're getting more of the following, more people that's going to want to tune into this match. Um, not only into this match, but then, you know, to another side of wrestling to kind of see what, you know, what AEW has to offer. Not saying, you know, one's better than the other or one, something like this, but more it's it's of, it's of making you aware of there's other wrestling out there that at times can be better than some of the stuff that WWE puts on. Um, so, but like you said, that, that, that Wrestle Kingdom match between the two of them, especially when they first announced it, you know, I still watch that announcement, you know, when I, whenever I see it randomly pop up in like a newsfeed video um, thing. But no, it's, I am excited for this match. It's going to be a continuation match. And those two together in the ring, just <laughs> bring the house down. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and to go with that, you know, we have Jericho's just, Jericho's Jericho. He is a, a master showman. So there is essentially three storylines going on this week, all involving Jericho. We got Jericho at the Southern Honor Wrestling event. We get Jericho calling out Cody Rhodes, or so as he calls it, Cody Khan, um, on a, a YouTube uh, clip because Cody called out Jericho for his comments and about him being Cody's boss and maybe he'll find him and Jericho answered back and you know how much you want to find me there's no money out you know what let me do this way let me sign a check for you find me all you want I don't answer you I don't answer nobody it's Jericho being Jericho and it was a phenomenal promo if you haven't watched it yet look it up it's great but even bigger than that we get a Chris Jericho um, challenge this week also for a new Japan match at Dominion in June um, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So we talk about Jericho being at the top of his game, being everywhere, doing everything he can do. And now we're talking about him showing up at any show. Talk about him having Omega or Alpha Omega 2 at, at Double or Nothing. And now be two weeks after, we're now going to get – Chris Jericho going back to New Japan to fight in Osaka, Japan against Ozuka, Ozuka Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Why? Well, because it's Chris Jericho. Exactly what he says. I am Chris Jericho. I am the pain maker. I am coming for the rainmaker. I mean, he, he is truly the alpha of this business. There, there is a reason why Jericho is in my top three all time. My top three goes Austin, Rock, Jericho. There's a reason. The dude is a master showman. He is a master wordsmith. 
He is a phenomenal talent on the mic, in the ring, and at his age, he is doing things that he wasn't doing 10 and 15 years ago. I love Jericho being out there. I love what he's doing for the industry. That, when he signed with AEW, that's why he did it. He didn't sign with WWE because he didn't want to be there no more because he was having issues with Vince. Um, it kind of was the end, like a, hey, screw you, I can do what I want kind of thing. Uh, but it was more along the lines, I've done everything I've done and I could do with the WWE. Now it's my time to give back to the industry, to the fans, to the wrestlers, and help build up more talent. And that's exactly what he's doing. The guy is on all fronts doing everything he can to get other people over while still performing at the highest level. That Not only are we going to get Omega versus Jericho, but now we're, within the next month, we're going to also get Okada versus Jericho, which will be the first time we've seen that happen. So within a year and a half, we will have seen Jericho fight the three biggest names in New Japan between Naito, Okada, and Kenny Omega. And that's coming from a WWE guy. That If you talk about how big the wrestling industry has become and what's going on right now, that is amazing. And I love the fact that we see that um, opinion on Jericho Okada. <laughs> it, it, what can I say? Okada, you know, IG, uh, IGWB champion, um, puts on not you know fantastic matches. I've went back and watched some of them based on your recommendation. And, you know, you know, pulling out, you know, expanding my horizons a little bit more. You know, I follow a little bit of New Japan here and there with you know, like you know, with the Bullet Club and then now the Elite and then AEW and those guys. But being able to extend it out more and see what Okada is able to do in the ring and knowing what Chris Jericho can do in the ring. This it's going to be another fantastic match. And it's, it, it, I'm not I, saying he's going to win it, I'm, but I'm if, Jer- if Jericho were to win the match and beat Okada for the IWGB championship, not only will he have, I mean, so if you didn't know this, uh, this comes from an interview from Jericho about two weeks ago. Apparently, his ori- the original plans was for him to come back and have a uh, championship match for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. That didn't happen because it went to Goldberg. So that's just kind of showing you what things happen and change for Jericho at any given moment. But the fact that we see Jericho outside of the WWE he just held the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, which is why he's the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. I don't care what they want to say about Harley Race. I don't care what they want to say about Pat Patterson, um, Shawn Michaels, The Miz. It, it, it's, it's Chris Jericho. Simple as that. He's yeah. held it in multiple organizations. But if we were to somehow get him being Okada, that means he left the WWE and within two years held the two top championships in a different organization. That is uncall. That, that's just Unheard amazing. It, it's it's a fantastic. It's amazing, dude. It's fantastic. There's nothing else I can, I can respond to that. Um, and I, I don't really know how you can finish any show other than talking about the great and the goat that is Chris Jericho and multiple stories that led Chris Jericho to that top headlines. Um, so with that, we're gonna call it a day, man. Why? Because it's time to drink it in. Drink in what was wrestling this last week. What is Chris Jericho? What is WWE? What's to come with AEW? If you haven't listened to us yet, get on that, share it, tweet it, retweet our, our post. 
get everyone listening. Want to hear your feedback on, on what we talk about and what your thoughts and opinions are regarding AEW's TV deal. Chris Jericho making it happen outside the WWE and Vince McMahon's wild card rule. Uh, other than that, Mind Freak, where can we find you? You guys can find me like right over my shoulder at Twitter at MindFreakMLG. Talk on wrestling, gaming, anything nerd, all that kind of wonderful fun stuff. Uh, have our hair producer in the background accidentally ringing our bell a little bit, kind of early. It's kind of like That's a Montreal awesome. screw job coming in. I know, right? kind of hang it early. <laughs> thing's he- uh, this thing's heavy. Remember. I had to pick it up. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, continue. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow me right here at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Mindfreak. The face is a lot better. The stream PC is almost done, guys, so the streaming content is going to be coming back very soon. Um, with another major announcement once that PC is up and running. Fantastic. Uh, you can also all fo- always follow our third stand of our tripod, and that is Masonic Vader. You can follow him at Masonic Vader on Twitter. Um, if you listen to our other shows, you can also find out where he – you can follow him on the PlayStation Network. Um, you can follow us uh, as a whole at, on Twitter at Malice Smack, as well as Instagram at Malice Corp Smack. Um, I am a bearded master. You can find me at a bearded master on Twitter. And on Instagram, always talking wrestling, always coming on board and and tell me your tweets and, and share them with me about wrestling and pop culture, movies, uh, anything that's nerd genre. I am down for and talk about, ready to talk about. Uh, but like we always do, we have to finish it off with that one, two, three. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Oh,